Welcome to Christian Life Church Podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. The Bible says how lovely it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, for there the Lord commands the blessing. And um, here we are this morning, lots of different nations, lots of different cultural nuances and experiences, but we have one God, and His name is Jesus Christ. And as we draw our eyes towards Him, we find that it creates this wonderful place and space for the Lord to minister to us. Aren't you grateful that God comes amongst His people? Please never take that for granted. I would like to remind you that's not always the case, that we experience God at that level. So Father, we bless you for your presence this morning. Thank you that you've been here with us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In a few moments, I'm going to introduce you to David and Greta Peters. They really don't need any introduction. Um, they've been here a number of times. Um, but I want to tell you a story just to preamble what they say. I have a scripture that you don't need to play for me now, Charlotte. It's okay. This, this is where the Holy Spirit stops, stops at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a scripture that's kind of been on my heart. You, you wouldn't know this, but uh, it comes from Ephesians. I think it's chapter 3, verse 15. It says, Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Why don't we say that out loud together? Why don't you just rehearse that moment? Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Now that you've picked up on the words, because some of you haven't read it, have you? Let's try it again. Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And uh, it reminded me of, of recent weeks when I've been kind of praying into that. I didn't know what you were going to share. I don't want to give all that away. But uh, there's various stages of being awake. Did you know that? When Emily was at school, one of the greatest tensions every single morning was getting her out on time to get her to school on time. Anybody a parent here who has similar issues? In stark contrast on a Saturday, we never needed to wake her. She was up with the the larks, and um, so I would shout up the stairs, Emily, are you up? And she would say, yes, Dad. Which, of course, I knew clearly meant she wasn't. What I think it meant was she'd just woken up. I'd come back five minutes later. It was about a 20-minute exposition. Emily, are you up? Yes, Dad. This time a little clearer. And what she meant by that is that she had rolled a part of her body over the edge of the bed and was about to engage with her day. Third time, Emily, are you up? Now she's getting irritated with me. She'd say, yes, I'm up. And what she meant was that she was looking like a zombie in the mirror as she was brushing her teeth, half-dressed, and nearly ready to go to school. And finally, I'd say to her, Emily, are you up? And she'd say, yes, Dad, from behind me, and frighten the life out of me. You know, this morning, it doesn't matter whether you're just waking up or you're wide awake, God wants to say something to you this morning. And I pray that whatever happens, you'll move from the just your eyes open moment, if that's where you are, to putting your feet over the edge of the bed. If that's all you go home with today, that's going to be great, because you're further into all that God wants you to do. If it's the fourth, are you up and you're ready to go, then we really love that, and we're grateful to God that you're in that space. But today, there's an alarm clock ringing. It's called a great awakening, and we need to pay attention to it before it becomes a rude awakening, because at some point, the emergency of the state of our world and where we find ourselves in it as Christians is going to become very apparent to it. I hear the sound, the sound of a bell ringing in my ear. It's the sound of God wakening his beautiful bride to embrace this brand new and fresh day. Ladies and gentlemen, can I introduce you this morning to David and Greta Peters, they are long-term friends of mine. I mean, it's a rare thing to be able to say that, isn't it? Usually if people meet me, it's only once, maybe twice to apologize for the first time. But I've known these people for over 10 years. Would you give them a huge welcome, please, as they come? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you all the way from New Zealand. And uh, we, we do love this couple uh, Simon and Jane, and, and we think that you're very blessed to have them. Uh, you know that you don't have a pastor as your pastor, don't you? You have a prophet as your pastor, and that is very different. 
And one of the things prophets do, we are prophets or recognized as prophets in New Zealand and part of our home church. One of the things that prophets have a passion about is opening up the spiritual realm, allowing the access of the Holy Spirit to touch us. We hate religion, religious form, and we're always after the presence of God and the reality of Jesus. And when we feel there's insecurity, insincerity or religion, which offer us we can slip into a religious mode, something gets provoked within us because God, I would say it's a hard thing to carry. God has decided to put in the heart of a prophet his heartbeat, which means you tend to feel the pain of what his heart pains about. And one of the things he pains about is when his people gather together and yet we go through a religious motion without knowing the one that we truly worship. An evangelist has a pain about the lost. A pastor has a pain about the brokenness of people's heart. A teacher has a pain about the truth being proclaimed so that people will walk in truth and not deception. And so you have to understand what you have in this couple leading this church. And I go, yay, God, it's a different season. It's a new season for you and embrace it with all your heart. And the only thing I would say is that the spirit of naughtiness was at work this morning as ages of birthday people was disclosed. And uh, I'm not sure whether that was good or not, but anyway. And the other thing in New Zealand, we give, we give chocolate to people that have birthdays and anniversaries. We give chocolate. That was a pretty cheap round just to sing. How many think you should get chocolate on your birthday? Yeah, come on. And not just little mini bars either, you know, the real good thing. All right. The obesity crisis. The obesity crisis. <laughs> a treat occasionally. Um, we have something that we want to share with you this morning. Greta's going to go first and say hi, and then I'll come back at some point. Well, it is absolutely fantastic to be back in Birmingham again. You know, yesterday in our seminar, those, um, who, who was there yesterday? Yes, there were a number of you. Um, I shared how um, some years ago when we were ministering in Birmingham, in, in one of the other churches here, how, and we had a gathering of a number, and there were silly oak folk too, of, of the regional, the churches in Birmingham together, that God has marked Birmingham for revival. And, and that is why what Pastor Simon has said, I shouldn't call you pastor. Simon has said, uh, David said this yesterday, our DNA is so on the same page. Your very thoughts have been our very thoughts. Is that God has been saying he is wanting us all awake, awake, awake. And he's been saying, wake up, rise up, stand up and take your place and take your stand and pray and worship in true worship that God will open the heavens over this church and over the city. And um, you are going to see an over heaven, open heaven over this church. Because in the first service, I shared how I was seeing circles for you guys, and you've come full circle back here, and you're positioned for this time, for this season. And I saw the circle spiraling higher and higher. And because this couple, they are true worshipers, Simon is going to lead you into higher realms of the presence of God into the realm of glory. An open heaven will, will, will appear, and that is when God does incredible, miraculous, transformative things. So the, God has, uh, has amazing, wonderful purposes for you as a church. Now, I'd better get on to what I was wanting to share. Um, as we were coming into 2022, I was just feeling for the world this word uncertainty. That's what just describes it. But although this uncertainty continues in the world, I've had this strong sense of anticipation in my spirit. Um, something as we came into the 2020s, I felt the Lord say, is that the most difficult days for the world lie ahead, but the greatest day for the church are before us. 
And that is part of the reason why God wants us all fully awake and participating in his grand scheme and purposes. Now, one of the things I feel God's saying for 2022 is awaken the dawn of a new day. And a theme threaded throughout this is joy. That is going to be a constant theme for us, God's intention, because we belong to the kingdom of God. And one of its characteristics is joy in the Holy Spirit, regardless and independent of the state of the world. And for some of you listening online, and for some of you here, you've lost your joy. And God wants to restore the joy of your salvation to you today. And let me just pray, if that is you, let's just close our eyes a minute. And I would love to pray that the Lord would fill you afresh. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you fill every person's heart with a fresh joy of salvation right now, at home, in this meeting. Just receive, be filled with, with his joy. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And as you continue to make the choice to rejoice, the Lord will keep filling you with his joy. That's his purpose for us, is to walk in his joy. In the days ahead, God will manifest himself as the God of light, among other things. And light brings life. When God's light shines in our hearts, we receive true light. It's the light of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, his son. And that's what, what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10, I have come that you may have fullness of life. And there may be areas in your life where the devil has tried to steal, kill, and destroy. But I declare over those areas, and you at home as well, what you have lost, you will recover all. What, what has been damaged, God will restore all. And what has died, hopes and dreams, things like that, they will be resurrected. And God decrees life over you. He blesses you with life. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of life, and may He fill you afresh with that new vitality. The God of light. The number 22 symbolizes light, and I feel in 22 and beyond, there will be an increasing revelation of light. These verses are relevant for our present times. Long ago, Isaiah prophesied, on those living in the land of darkness, well, I think the United Kingdom is a land of darkness. Our nation is a land of darkness. There is thick darkness over the peoples of the earth. But he said, on, the land, on those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Just before Jesus' birth, Zechariah prophesied, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. And I believe that there's a fresh visitation of Jesus coming that will bring this increasing light again. As he held baby Jesus in his arms in the temple, Simeon prophesied, Lord, I have seen your salvation which you prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. You see, the revelation of light is for the salvation of the nations. And that's what Father and Jesus are after. Jesus is the light of the world. And Father passionately wants the world to know. So he's saying to us, his church, awaken the dawn of a new day. And he's given us powerful keys to do this. And when I was writing these, these keys down as they came to mind, I found my hands were covered in oil, which is a sign the Holy Spirit affirming, a sign of his anointing, affirming what he is speaking. The first key is worship. And the Holy Spirit strongly highlighted these extracts from the Psalms. Psalm 100 came many times. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. And here's why. Psalm 80, 89 verse 15. Those who know the joyful sound, who know the call to worship, walk in the light of his presence. 
I want to live and walk in the light of his precious presence. And this one is especially important. Psalm 108 verses 1 and 2. And there's a slide of Psalm 108 coming up. I will sing and make music with all my heart, with all my soul. I will awaken the dawn. My worship awakens the dawn. That is the power of worship. When you sing over your situation, when you sing over your family, sing over Birmingham, sing over this nation and others God puts in your heart, that is when there are atmosphere shifts, when lives change. There is great power released and God can't help responding when we truly worship him. Another powerful key is the word of God. And Psalm 19 says, God's word revives my soul. In other words, it makes it fully alive. It awakens my soul. If you're a bit asleep, like, like Simon described, feed on God's word, declare God's word, and you will find your soul will begin awakening, awakening till it is fully alert. God's word brings joy to my heart and light to my eyes. In other words, it gives revelation. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given you. That's Ephesians 1.18. May your heart, may my heart be flooded with light to know this because light brings hope and we are carriers of hope. And I felt a word for some of you. And before I, I say what it is, and there are some of, this is for some of you at home as well who are listening online, I need to just explain. Um, on Thursday, uh, where we sang um, further south, I was um, running early in the morning along a, a narrow country rain, lane. And while I was running, I was praying about our visit to CLC here. And suddenly, this beautiful yellow-headed bird landed in front of me, and we got a picture coming up of this bird. And the point is, the bird kept hopping in front of me as if he was leading the way. The thing about yellow is it symbolizes hope. And this is what I feel God is wanting to encourage you with. Let hope lead the way forward into your future. Jeremiah 29, be a yellow head like that bird. Be a yellow head. And what do I mean by that? 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 5 and 8 says, You are children of light. Put on the helmet of hope of salvation and hope will protect your mind. So be a yellow head. Also, be a yellow heart. Because as I was seeing this little bird, what immediately came to mind was that photograph of that rose, that yellow rose I'd taken a few days earlier. And you know how we symbolically pin a poppy on our chest in, on Remembrance Day, don't we? Well, will you pin a yellow rose to cover your heart? And hope will keep your heart strong so that we have a mind that is protected by a helmet of hope and we will have a heart covered with um, a symbolizing yellow flower of hope. Now the Lord is calling his people to action in this hour. And he is, he is saying to us, Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You know, Peter wrote in, in his epistle, he said, the, the spirit of glory rests on you. Do you realize what we carry? The spirit of God and the spirit of glory rests on us. So arise and shine. 
Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God wants the church to so shine that we will attract kings and nations that they will want to know and they will want to have the same, the same hope and light as we have. We are carriers of the light and carriers of the dawn. And still back in New Zealand, where we've been going into autumn, the mornings have gotten dark. So I was, I was running there in, in the dark and I had an unusual experience. Again, it's birds. <laughs> um, up, running up this road, this, there was this, this cacophony of roosters on either side, all crowing raucously in unison. The thing about roosters, they herald the dawn of a new day, don't they? Well, God's saying to us, herald the dawn of a new day to those who sit in the darkness of hopelessness and fear and despair and deception. Share the good news with them. Testify about Jesus and the wonderful hope that he is. He is the hope of the world. And then one last key, a most potent key. Awaken the dawn of a new day for the world. Pray. God intends a great awakening in the nations. And prayer will usher it in. And he sends visions and dreams to encourage us to keep praying. And in, in one profound dream in September last year, I again saw the church birth revival in prayer. And there were a lot of wonderful specific details. But suffice to say, out of this dream, there will be the dawn of a new day for sleeping Christians who will wake up. And there will be the dawn of a brand new day for unprecedented multitudes who will be born again. So keep praying. God is saying, pray, pray, pray. I'm waiting and ready to respond and answer that he will pour out his spirit on all people across the world. Keep praying that God in his, in his great mercy and might, will, there will be this Light, morning light, about to break upon us with this fresh visitation of Jesus. And you know, in closing, although it looks dark out there, there is hope on the horizon. We are carriers of his mercy, his might, and his light. And he's calling us to awaken the dawn of a new day. I just need to explain that Greta is a seer prophet. So if you have a, a gift of seer, it means God will speak to you a lot through natural signs. I mean, I can look at a yellow rose and go, that's nice. She looks at a yellow rose and gets an entire message from God about it. You know, I can listen to roosters crowing and think, what a noisy bunch. And, and Greta will get a whole message. <laughs> uh, so, and some of you may have that gifting. You're not strange. That's just one of the way... God speaks to you is through natural signs and just asking the Holy Spirit to interpret. So one of the things we love to do is, you know, before we come into a new year is seek the Lord for a, a word, a prophetic word for the coming year. And what Greta and I will do is we'll take some time to wait on the Lord and, and hear his voice and write down what he's saying. And the thing we don't do is share with each other uh, because we don't want to influence each other and we'll wait until we get to share it publicly first and then we figure out, well, okay, um, is what God is saying. Now, Greta's word was awaken the dawn. That's what God spoke to her as she sought him last year. When I sought the Lord last year, what God spoke to me is dawn is coming. Dawn is coming. So there's a dovetailing. So I want to talk to you about that. Um, just before I get into that, we do have some books down the back. This is called How to Pray and Change Your World. How many need your world changing? <laughs> like your family, you, your kids, uh, your friends, you know, the nation, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, we're all called to be effective in prayer. But I, I find with many Christians, this is the one area where the devil will fight you the most is in prayer. If he can paralyze us in prayer, uh, he keeps us impotent. And the other problem is Jesus said to the disciples who kept falling asleep, 
He says, stay awake and pray, otherwise temptation will overtake you. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. We all go, yay, prayer, we know it's important, but then our weak flesh often dominates. And I wanted to write a book that you didn't feel guilty reading it, and it wasn't just for prayer warriors, though prayer warriors will love it. I wanted to write a book that wherever your prayer life's at, if it's zero, if it's on the way, if it's way on the way, that this would inspire you to take another step in prayer because the great things that God wants to do in your life are awaiting your earnest, fervent prayer to him. It is amazing that God's hands are tied by our prayerlessness, but God's hands are loosed by our prayerfulness. And so would you get a hold of a copy of that? Uh, I just want to see a fire. Uh, Greta and I want to see a fire of prayer um, in uh, in God's people, and I know everyone that says they're reading this book says, hey, God's putting a new level of prayer in me. Anyone like a free copy um, in this section? Would you like a free copy? Um, you would? It's your birthday, isn't it? Are, are your daughters? Oh, okay. Well, look, you. Um, here we go. <laughs> well caught. <laughs> it's awesome. Just before I, I just get the name Wendy. Wendy, is, we got a, it might be online, but have we got anyone here called Wendy? Nobody? Okay, it must be online. Wendy, you are in your 30s, and you have medium brown hair, and this is a word from you. It's two scriptures. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things in Christ. I don't know where the camera is. Is that one? Is that there? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Key words there, strength. God's going to strengthen you. You'll agree it's been a long night these past few years with this COVID pandemic. Uh, if you want to know where COVID came from, whether it was from bats or a lab, I have my own theories on it. But if you want to know where it ultimately came from, just read John 10.10. 10. Jesus is talking about the devil. He says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We've seen that. But I come to give them abundant life. Don't you love Jesus' heart? He just wants people to have an abundant life. You know, he, he came to bless sinners. He says, you know, he said, I, you know, the Pharisees criticized him because he's always spending time with the down and outs, the sinners, and they were the holy people. And, and, and he said, listen, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've, I've been called to spend my time with the lost. And boy, did, did people love him for that. He wasn't religious at all. And he wants to give us abundant life. But these last few years, we've seen anything but. You know, we've seen millions die from COVID. Uh, we've seen Millions more robbed of their peace, their freedom, being with family and friends. People have been divided over conspiracies and theories. Plans have been wrecked. Most of us have made plans and they were wrecked. Others have seen their livelihoods and businesses destroyed, lost jobs, uh, lost relationships. Maybe you've even lost a loved one to death and COVID. Churches have been shuttered. Some have been closed, never to reopen. Thousands of pastors have left the ministry. And I could go on and on. And now there's war in Europe. And I thought, I'd come all the way from New Zealand just to cheer you up with that. Okay, I'm going to close in prayer now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> there is good news as well. And here's the good news. Psalm 30 verse 5. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Come on. Weeping is, weeping is the characteristic of the night season, the night of the soul, where we go through a time of suffering, where we go through valleys of the shadow of death, where, uh, you know, all of that, that stuff, it's part of life. Jesus said, here on earth, you'll have trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome. But the characteristic of a day dawning when we wake up to a new day is joy, joy, Wow. And as I was um, asking the Lord for a prophetic word for 2022 last year, you know, God speaks in different ways. Sometimes a vision will come, a dream, uh, you know, an impression or a natural sign, whatever. But this time as I was praying, the Lord just dropped a scripture into my heart, uh, came so strongly. And uh, I'd memorized it many years before. 
And this is what it said. It was Proverbs 4.18. It says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter till full day. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is an important scripture for 2022 for my people. Now, Greta and I don't claim we know everything God is saying. Heaven forbid. The Bible says we prophesy in part. So God gives us a part and he gives some other people their parts and put it all together. That's why we need one another and we get a big picture. But, uh, but we feel this is something, it's one of the things that God is saying for 2022 and beyond that despite what's happening in the world, despite the night time that the world is going into, for the righteous, their pathway is going to be like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter to full day. Now, before we describe what that's like, who are the righteous? Because that only applies to the righteous. Well, if the righteous were sinless people or perfect people, I don't think any of us here would qualify. Is that right? Greta and I wouldn't. Simon and Jane wouldn't. Uh, sorry to say that, but you wouldn't. Uh, nobody here would. So who are the righteous? Well, if you look at Romans 4 verse 3, we're told who the righteous are. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Because of his faith. You see, as believers in Christ, we believe that Jesus came to earth to redeem us back to God, to purchase us back to God. He hung on a cross. What was he doing? Nailed to a cross, shedding his blood. He was taking your sin and my sin upon himself. Your sin and my sin separate us from God. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says your sins and your iniquities make a separation between you and your God so that his face has been hidden from you and he will not hear. What a tragic thing that God, God is such a holy God. He cannot abide sin in his presence. And you know, if we die with our sin on us, he is forced to say to us, I can't cannot let you into heaven. You cannot spend eternity with me. You must spend eternity in another place. And, and he's not willing that any should experience that. So he sends his son Jesus to hang on a cross, to die in our place, to take the punishment for your sin and mine on himself. So that whoever believes in Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you your sin, believes he is your savior, yields your life to his lordship. You then become a child of God. And the moment you turn to Christ, the moment you believe in Jesus, Father God declares you righteous in his sight because he takes your sin off you and he puts the righteousness of Christ perfect righteousness on you that is accredited to your account and in the record books of heaven. How many know there are books in heaven? There are record books and there's a book of life. And in those record books, everything about our lives is recorded. The good things, the bad things, the sinful things. Well, the good news is the moment you turn to Christ, Father God takes his eraser and he erases all the sin and all the bad things out of the record books so that only the good things are left. And he writes your name in the book of life as one that has been forgiven and cleansed. And as long as you keep holding on to Jesus in faith all your life, Father keeps declaring you righteous. That is your position in God, completely righteous through faith in Christ. Now you're saying, but David, my condition is anything but that. Yeah, your condition may be less than your position, but the Holy Spirit's working on your condition all your life to increasingly match it to your position. And finally, when you get to heaven, you will be a perfected spirit. You will be fully righteous in experience and condition as well as position. You see, it's not a smart thing to abandon faith in Jesus because the moment you do, you're on your own. There is no righteousness anymore. You turn away from the living God, there's no gift of righteousness. You've abandoned that. Not a smart thing to fall away from God. I wanna to talk to the under 35 generation. Can you guys all stand? If you're under 35, just stand up. Could you stand to your feet? I'm not gonna ask you out the front. If you're under 35, just stand to your feet. 
Why don't you give them a clap, guys? This is an awesome young generation. <laughs> In the worship time, the Holy Spirit was nudging me, do this, do this, under 35s. Do you know that in the years to come, the greatest army of harvest workers the world has ever seen is gonna come from the under 35 generation, from the children, the youth, and the young adults of the world. Do you know that God is going to, I don't know when, I don't know how many years away, but a many of us in the prophetic sense is coming a great harvest of billions of people in planet Earth and the army of harvest workers that God will largely use is going to be the under 35s, the over 35s will be part of it, we'll be cheering them on and we'll be involved, but the under 35 will be at the coal face of it. You'll have the energy, you'll have the strength. And that is why Satan has targeted your generation more than any other generation when I was uh, growing up under 35, I never faced the things that you're now facing. The three Ds of Satan's strategy to destroy the under 35 generation, destroy them in the womb through abortion if he can. Number one, defile them with addictions and pornography and confuse, confused philosophies and transgenderism, male and female, he created them. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Identity in God is not through your sex, your male or femaleness. Identity in God is because you're a child of the living God in heaven. You're a son or a daughter of God. That is who your identity is. You can change your sex. You'll never be happy. You'll never be fulfilled because God created you male or female to be a son or daughter in him. Come on. We're not gonna believe this rubbish. False truths. And he wants to defile you with them. He wants to distract you with false causes. But I've got good news for you. The spirit of the living God is targeting you. And if you will hold on to Jesus, wherever God leads you, don't sit down, keep standing. I'm about to pray for you lot. Were you getting tired? Was I boring? Was I boring you? Ah, uh, just checking. <laughs> Honey, come and join me. We're going to pray over you. The spirit of the living God is targeting you, and he's about to release a fire of the Holy Spirit into you. Come on, he is. And whether it's vocation or careers or business or ministry or whatever God's going to lead you into, he is going to make you effective. Come on. Right, let's pray. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord? Can I, can I just say one thing? I've had dreams, I've had visions of you as this incredible army, and I know that it is real. So we are going to pray and expect and be ready to receive. Father, and I want everyone sitting, because you're, you're the next generation and you're gonna be involved in this. I want you to be praying for these next minute or two for this next generation. They are facing things you and I have not faced, but we can sense it. Father, in the name of Jesus, every one of them standing up, I pray right now, release of the fire of the Holy Spirit. I pray the fire of God to be upon them. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit to mark them. I pray that from this day on, they will be marked. They will be marked by your spirit. They will never be satisfied with anything less than a total uh, love for you. They'll never be satisfied with anything less than serving your purposes wherever you might lead them. And I'm praying right now a fresh love for Jesus to invade their heart. I am praying for a fresh fire, a fresh boldness. I'm releasing confidence and boldness in the Holy Spirit into you. You are not, you are not to cower in fear because of the onslaught of what others believe and say. You to stand up in loving boldness, not arrogance, loving boldness. And I pray that loving boldness into you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we salute you as a generation that is going to do exploits for God. We salute you as ones that are going to carry the flame of Jesus into a lost world. Lord, raise up an army of harvest workers from this young generation that the enemy is so targeted. Turn it around, Lord, I pray, and awaken within them a new dawn in the mighty name name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. You know, 
You just, we love you. We love the next generation. I'm, I'm like, we're spiritual parents and grandparents. I mean, literally, we have 14 grandkids, but we, we are parents and grandparents. We, we have great relationship with young pastors, and we have great relationship with those underneath, and we champion them. We want to see them go further than us. We don't want to just, we just, we live to see them do exploits. Wow. And, and, and that's why older generation, you must target this next generation in your prayers. They need your prayers. I think time's gone. Gosh, I don't, I'll, I'll speak a little bit more. And then, um, hey, uh, we're on a path. That path is like the light of dawn. We'll skip out the next slide, guys. Uh, and you say, well, you know, the Bible says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. What's that like? Uh, well, I didn't know what that was like till I married Greta because my first wife, Jane, had MS and she spent 21 years in a wheelchair. And um, so, and then that disease finally took her through pneumonia to heaven where she is today. So when God healed me of the grief of her loss and I started to think about remarriage, I just simply prayed, Lord, it'd be really nice to have a healthy fit wife. Well, I met Greta and she is right into health and fitness. And then when we got married, to my dismay and shock, I discovered that she would get up at 5 a.m. every second morning and go running. Well, this was a culture shock. I mean, I was an early riser, but nothing like that. And I started to think about things I'd heard about early morning, like an alarm clock as a mechanism to use to scare the daylights into you. Uh, anyone who sleeps like a baby doesn't have one. There ought to be a better way of starting the day than having to get up. I was starting to empathize with that. But anyway, Greta converted me, and she later told me, I've gone easy on you. I used to get up at 4 a.m. and 4.30 some days. I mean, I'm letting you have a sleep in at 5 a.m. So every second day, we get up and, and, and Greta goes running. I'm less athletic, so I go walking. And the thing about that, in spring and, and summertime, it's like the time of dawn. And so what we notice is the birds are singing like crazy. They're just going for it. And that's what's true in the natural realm. Dawn awakens song, but in the spiritual realm, song awakens dawn. And we have a scripture King David said, Psalm 57, verse 8, similar to what Greta shared, wake up my heart, wake up, O lyre and harp, I will wake the dawn with my song. You might be in night still. You don't wait for your circumstances to change, to be in dawn. You start singing to your dawn, even in, you're in the night. You start praying. You start believing God. You start declaring, though I'm in night, Lord, I declare dawn is coming for me. Uh, you begin to sing to the dawn. And you, you know what? You will change your season. You will shift what you're in. You might not be in night. You might have already stepped into dawn. God has taken you out of the night. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says, that scripture says, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter. And it keeps on getting brighter and brighter until full day. What's full day? Full day's noon. Noon is when the sun is highest in the sky, it's brightest. Ultimately, noon is when Jesus comes back and we see him face to face, his face shining like the sun. But it's the point is that it, God has plans for you that are brighter than what they are now. God has a life for you that is brighter than what it is now. One of my sons went into a deep night, got into drugs at high school, 12 years in the drug scene, taking methamphetamine. Don't know what you call it here. Crystal meth, is it? I don't know. We call it, we call it pee over there. Bad word. Uh, 12 years dealing in it. God told Jane and me, do two things. Love him unconditionally, pray unceasingly. When his mum died, he started his journey back to Christ. And it took a while for him to get stronger, but today he's a leader in his church. He's, he loves God. He, he wants more of Jesus, and he's prophetic. He prophesies over people. This is the drug addict kid. Wow. God awakened him out of the night 
brought him into the dawn, and gradually over years, his life has got brighter and brighter. God did it for him. If you've got kids away from God, loved ones away from God, they're all messed up, they're all into this and that and all the rest, never underestimate the power of prayer to transform their lives. Never underestimate the power of unconditional love. Yes, don't accept what they're doing, but tell them that you love them unconditionally, because isn't that what God does for us? He loved you unconditionally. You were even looking for him when he went after you and brought you into the kingdom. You weren't interested in him, but he pursued you. He ran you down. He tracked you down and he saved you and he brought you, young lady, into the kingdom of God for such a time as this to know him and to do exploits for him. This is your God. He chases people down because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. Wow. If he could do it for my boy, he can do it for you. I I did say I was gonna, yeah, anyway, all right. I'll just close with this. Um, I get an email newsletter from a prophet in America by the name of Rick Joyner every week. And his first one for the new year came through on January the 5th. We have a screenshot of it coming up. And you'll notice it says increasing light, which is what Greta talked about. And you'll notice that his opening scripture is the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter to full day. You know, the Bible says in the mouths of two or three witnesses, let something be established or confirmed. And God gave to Greta, awake in the dawn. He gave to me, dawn is coming. He gave to him the same scripture. He's given to Pastor Simon, awake, awake, ye sleeper. Well, that's four. I wonder if God's trying to say something. Come on. What you and I need to do as we, as we bring, to use an Elamism, as we bring this into land, which they never seem to, but anyway, I'm going to try to, uh, What God is trying to say, folks, is that over our lives this year, over our families, our vocations, our businesses, our marriages, our kids, our ministry, our church, we need to be declaring, my path this year is like the light of which shines brighter and brighter till full day. We should, why don't you memorize that scripture? It's an easy one. Or write it and put it on your fridge or get a screenshot on your phone and, and have it in a, in a screen that's easily available on your phone and carry that scripture through the year and keep praying it into being, keep declaring it. And when night comes knocking on your door in adverse circumstances, say, no, no, night. I'm not letting you back into my life. I've had three years of night. I am making a stand. I am in the dawn of a new day. I am not coming under the authority of night again. I am declaring, even though I might be, I feel in night, my circumstances might be like that. I am declaring that my God is saying to me, my pathway this year is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter till full day. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? We'd love to pray, Greta and I, that there today would be a shift. Uh, for those of us who are still feeling like we're in night, or maybe you're, you've stepped into the dawn of a new day, but hey, there's some more steps that God wants you to take in terms of ever-increasing brightness. But before we pray for that, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Because the worst kind of darkness in night is being lost, having our sin unforgiven. And it might be that you're in this meeting, you've never given your life to Jesus. And I would love to pray a simple prayer and include you that you could. Or maybe you're here and you once walked with God, but you know you've walked right away from God these past months and years and you need to come back to him today. And I'd love to include you in this prayer. You may be watching online and the same is true of you. Can we all just close our eyes to help us concentrate? And I'm just gonna ask you if you're here in the room, if you want to be included in this prayer, if you want to give your life back to Jesus or come to him for the first time, 
Would you quickly raise your hand right where you're standing? Just hold it up high. I'll see it and acknowledge it, and then you'll be able to put it down. Yeah, there's one and two and three over there. Anyone else? Just quick, you can put your hands down. Thank you. Anyone else? You're saying, yeah, I need Jesus in my life, or I need to come back to him. Just quickly raise your hand right now. Just hold it up high, and I'll spot it. If you're you're watching online, you can raise your hand. I can't see it, but God will see it. Thank you over there. Anyone else, just quickly, if you're upstairs, whatever, just give me a wave if I've missed you online. Raise your hand, and God will see it. All right. Okay. Well, we're all going to pray a prayer together for the four or so people that raised their hands, and anyone online, you can follow me in this. So I'll pray it phrase by phrase, and could you follow me out loud? And we're going to get the whole church to pray with you. So here we go. Pray it after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, and I turn from them, and I turn to you. I believe you died on a cross for me and rose again from the dead. So I now open my heart and ask you to come and live in me. I now receive you, Lord Jesus. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Hey, if you, if you prayed that prayer and you were here in the meeting, could you tell one of the pastors before you go? Because when you tell somebody, you really seal it. And if you're watching online and you prayed it, could you contact the church, email or a message or whatever, however you contact the church, could you do that? Sweetheart, quickly join. We want to take two more minutes before I hand back to Jason, is that right? And we want to declare a shift. How many need a shift from night to dawn? Okay, how many need, I'm in, I'm in dawn, but I want to go further. I want to go further into the, into the fullness of day. All right, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see our hearts today. And I thank you for this word about awakening the dawn, awakening from sleep. And Lord, that our pathway is going to shine brighter and brighter once we've woken up into the dawn of a new day. And Lord, I want to declare over every life today a shift from night to dawn in the name of Jesus. I declare, why don't you just take a step forward? I am moving into daytime today in the name of Jesus. I take authority over the night of my life and I embrace dawn. Or if you're already in it, I declare another another step on towards full day. In the name of Jesus, I decree a change and a shift over your life right now in Jesus' name. Greta's going to impart something to you. Lord, we want to be those who awaken the dawn of a new day in our own lives and families and in the world as well. So Holy Spirit, would you just release a fresh anointing of passion for worship. Lord, that we, every person listening, that you will become, and as many of you already are, a true worshiper. And I bless you, new levels of worship. And Father, right now, release to every person a fresh passion and love for your word that awakens us and revives us and fills us with life. And thirdly, Lord, release a fire right now. Holy Spirit, fresh fire for for fervent prayer. Pray at a new level that we will love to pray. It will be our joy to pray and we will birth the purposes of God in this nation and nations that God lays in our heart. Lord, and I declare over every person here and online, you are a carrier of the light. You are a carrier of the dawn of hope and you will awaken the dawn of a new day. Thank you, Lord. Come on, why don't we give the Lord a hand as Jason comes. Thank him for what he's doing.